Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland. If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us. Hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 32, the one where the weather makes us or breaks us. Also, we're late, so apologies there. (laughs) The one where real life makes us or breaks us and we're getting broken often. (laughs) Yeah, the one where school started and harvest started and all the things started and we've had troubles getting together, but we're getting it done. Well, and we're on an hour or an hour different too. And so like my nap time and your nap time are different. One, because we have different aged kids. And then also it's just odd. Like if I'm like, yeah, okay, I can do it at three. Well, that's your two o'clock time. Well, if we get anything past that, then my kids are, it's just, it's one of those things. And let's be real. Kylie is up at the butt crack of dawn. Well, my butt crack of dawn, because she texts me at like five 15 and I'm like, no, Sorry. no, <laughs> I'm not awake yet. So my phone, I found that I sleep better if my phone's not on my nightstand. I don't know why I had trouble within the last year sleeping. So I moved my phone into the, um, like just away from my bed where I could still hear it if it rang, but like if it buzzes for a text message, you won't find me until I wake up. But yes, my alarm goes off at 5.15 central time. I'm usually up by 5.30. If my alarm's not on, I'm still up before 5.45. Like my internal clock is up. Six for this girl. But even when you text me, it's an hour ahead. I know. I know. When I text you, I was like, oh, I hope it doesn't wake her up. Well, it's already sent. So I kind of looked at it, looked at it with one eye and then closed the other one. So <laughs> should we do a review before we get too chatty? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. The review this week is from R. Herford. Girls, I can relate. I'm binge listening and all I keep saying to myself is, yep, that's me. Or exactly, I know. I'm a farmer, farm wife from Michigan, and I can relate to you so much. Thanks for this. Thank you, R. Herford. Yes. Please do not hate us for being so inconsistent on our podcast, all you listeners. (laughs) Because we are, as of tomorrow, a week late. That's terrible, but that's real life. But we don't really take any time off throughout the year. Like we haven't had like a season break. So I I feel like they'll give us some grace for real life. Yeah, I agree. So what's your recap? Um, gosh, dang, three weeks. It's been a lot going on. So we had birthday week two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, where the kids, they're five days apart. They turned three and five and we had a fish fry. And all of a sudden we also realized that all of our sweet corn was ready. Well, not all of it, but our first patch, excuse me. Um, So we spent the second day freezing sweet corn, which is like the best ever. Do you guys grow sweet corn out there? Yes, a lot of people do. But this year with the drought, not many people had any to put up. And then we got asked last week if we want to put some up from a guy that Bart works with. And I totally forgot. So then it was too late. And now I'm really mad at myself. I saw these people putting it up and I'm like, Whitney, you should have went and picked on Friday. Because it gets old. I mean, there's like a short window of eating, like two weeks basically. And when it's really young to way too mature, get stuck in your teeth type of corn, which people love that. We don't. We like young corn. We don't either. And that's, I'm like, I'm already like five days too late. It's not good for us now. Nope. So we did that. 
among those other things that we did besides just real life, we finished up fungicide application, which is a little bit late, but we did have some really late soybeans we were putting it on. Um, other than that, we're really starting to gear up for harvest. We um, decided to run another combine this year because we have so many corn acres and the weather is not super promising with what they're saying the fall and winter could be like. And so we really want to try to work as hard as we can to get the crop out as fast as possible, which I think is everybody's goal. But um, we usually run two combines in soybeans, but I think we're going to try. We're going to try to run two combines in corn, which will be interesting keeping the grain away from the combine. But other than that, had my anatomy scan. I am, in fact, having a little boy. That is still true. Good. Uh, and all was well. Yeah, everything was great. He was growing as well as he could be. Um, I don't know what percentile or anything. I'm not that educated, but uh, everything was really good. Well, that's good news for your mama heart. Yeah, definitely a sigh of relief after that was all said and done and talked to my doctor and everything. So what else? What do you got going on? So the kids started school, which was big. Bodie was super big. ready to go back. Layton, I cried at drop-off because... <laughs> For Bless whatever, I mean, I just spent so much time at home with her, I guess. And like, she was in the grain cart with me. And so now this year is going to be different because she's going to be in school and not doing any of that. And so I, I like we had, the parents had to wear a mask. Our kids, thank God, do not have to. So I know that a lot of moms out there are having to deal with that too. God bless you. I'm so thankful we don't have to yet. So like I had my mask on, you know, you can't really see people's expressions. I just have tears dripping out of my eyes. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm this lady. <laughs> right. The mask can be good for something. Like I was in the doctor's office and I laughed so hard that I like blew snot out of my nose <laughs> and like no one had any idea because I had a mask on. Uh, well then like I would walk by other parents in the hallway and I'm like, I am smiling if you need to know that I'm like giving you an expression. So yeah, they started school. Today was the first day on the bus. So that was, it just makes me sad. It makes me I know we've talked about this before, but it gives me like guilt, like maybe during the summer I didn't do enough with them. And then this happens and it just makes you, it makes you reminisce like, oh, where'd the time go? So yeah, school started. It's going good. Our kids are, they're going to adjust well. We're ready to be back in a routine, which we haven't had for five months. So yeah. I think everybody's at that point for routine and taking a little bit of the bad with the good as best as they can. Um, let's do talk about Wallace County being the very last county in Kansas to have no COVID. And then right before school started, you guys got a positive case in your county. Yes, we did. That's just how lucky we are. <laughs> I mean, it's totally it was like we were on national news. They talked about <laughs> us. And then the next day we got a positive case. It, it literally is so funny. Whitney texted me, said, well, we got our first positive case. And I was like, my exact response was, well, it was bound to happen at some point because yeah. we in, in our county have had, I mean, we have like 250 cases over time. We only have like 15 active cases at any point in time, really. But still, I was just, I just laughed and like shook my head. Like, oh. <laughs> I know you were bound to get it. I know. I know. Um, and then I guess in Sloss podcast, we had a hailstorm come through, uh, got, I mean, we had the appraiser come and it was pretty disheartening the numbers she gave us, but that's why you have insurance. Yep. So I'm thankful we have insurance. Sucks that our crops are junk now, but I mean, I say it all the that's time. Why you have insurance. It is what it is. Like, we're not going to make it get back. We're not going to make it grow better. Like it's done now. 
Right. And yeah, so, and then we also kicked off silage harvest, corn silage harvest yesterday. So there's just a lot happening. I think silage harvest, I mean, some people do chop corn for silage around here, but it's not a lot. And so I think the actual like machine that like blows the corn and the silage into the truck is so cool. I love watching those videos. It is pretty cool. And so this is our first year running two cutters. We normally just run one. And so it's like, they're so busy. Yeah. They're so busy. Like just riding with Bart yesterday, they're, they're able to keep up with trucks is a good, like a good thing to have. Normally you have a little bit of lull. And I just kept thinking to myself, when do you eat lunch? Cause he has to have his hand on the hydrostat and one on the wheel and like looking back and forth. And I'm like, how do you eat a sandwich? <laughs> That's all I was worried about. Like I'd be so hungry. <laughs> I feel like you just do it as quickly. Like maybe when you have to take a pee break or something, you just literally like put as much in your mouth as possible. <laughs> There's just like so much happening in there. It is a, like a super upbeat type of thing. So we hired on a couple more guys to help us through harvest. And one of the guys is like over 60. And just to like see him, he looks so like, whoa. Tired. Yeah. Like, yeah. like exhausted mentally. And Bart just told him you're doing a good job. Like just take a deep breath. It's, it's very up, like upbeat, high pace. You just need to take a deep breath. And if you don't feel comfortable, like slow down or, you know, just take it at your own pace, but we still have to kind of go fast. Right. Like you can't be too slow, but yeah. And be cautious, but, and then also I was a part of a child, human child trafficking campaign the last four days. Let's clarify against human oh, yeah. child trafficking. It was, you yeah, were just sorry. like, oh, I'm not for it. The child trafficking campaign. I'm like, yeah, stands against it. Yeah. So, um, we advocated for 14 days and we're donating to our rescue, which if you don't follow them on Instagram, I'm not sure if they have a Facebook, but it's an amazing campaign. They are actually the people that go in and like bust these people, the pedophiles and the traffickers. And I think that I saw the other day, their 4,000th um, person saved was last week, which is unreal. Isn't so we, it, the whole thing is crazy. It is like, I was very in the dark about it. I guess living rurally, you kind of feel like you're shaded from that, but you're absolutely not. They like the numbers were staggering of the stuff that happens in rural communities. So we raised $10,325 in 14 days. So and the goal was what? Two? Yeah. Our goal, like somebody actually said, let's raise five. And I'm, ah, uh, that's kind of high. And then we hit 10 and I'm like, whoo. Okay. Well, yeah. I should have a better ma- mindset. <laughs> I know it, you, you can't reach a goal if you don't set it, but still that is a lot of money and that that's great. I'm so happy that you guys were able to get that done and give away all those awesome prizes too. That helped. Yeah. But we got on here to chat about something else. Yeah. Or yeah. Don't. That's what I was just kind of, uh, going into, you talked about your hailstorm. So I think we need to talk about the derecho. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I've been saying derecho, but I don't know how to. And I've been saying Draco, which is way wrong. It's a Spanish descent name of like straight line or something like that is what Jordan told me. And I looked up today before we got on here and I think it's derecho and I might still be putting the emphasis in the wrong spot, but bear with us as we butcher that word the rest of the episode. So in, on August 10th, Monday, August 10th, I remember I was at home and had no, no idea it was going to rain. And like in the afternoon, I look out the window and I was like, oh my gosh. And I pulled up the radar 
And mind you, we're in northeastern Missouri. So most of what comes from northern Iowa that's heading south, it hits us, that corner, that eastern corner. We were about to get a big old storm. And it probably put down some 50, 55 mile an hour winds. Maybe not quite that high, but our corn was just a flapping and touching the ground, you know, in places. And so I go about our business and that night, all of a sudden I see pictures of Iowa and this derecho or whatever that word is, had just went through central Iowa and literally devastated cropland, homes, cities. Oh my gosh. That next morning, the first, or that morning, the first picture I saw was those grain bins, which I'm, which I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It was like, like the Luther ones. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one was just flattened corn. I'm like, Oh my Lanta. Flat, like flat, flat, not like leaned or, Mm-mm. you know, half broken. the whole fields were flat. Yeah. So terrible. And it's, it's not just a few acres either. Two years ago in 2018, we had a windstorm go through just South of us, probably three miles South of our properties in our uh, farmland. And it flattened corn too. Like peak guys had to get the rolling baskets and like these pick picker upper pieces of equipment. That's how formal I know that term. Um, and pick it all up off the ground just to harvest it. And it was not this bad, I don't think. Right. And the, well, you said not just a couple hundred, like 14 million acres. Almost probably. 14 million. That's right. insane. That's so devastating. I think I read somewhere that there was like, out of the thir- 25 to 30 million acres, like upwards of 14 million crop acres were damaged. Not necessarily all flattened, but we're just talking damage. damage. So even if you lose half your crop, it's still horrible. And again, you have insurance for a reason, but that is devastating. It's, it's the most gut-wrenching thing ever to see what you've put your time and money into just be ruined. Yeah. In the blink of an eye. Like, not like it took a while for that to happen. It happened quickly. Oh my gosh. They say, we've talked to a few different uh, people from the Iowa area that has actually was in it, you know, in the storm. And they said that it literally came on so fast. And then it wasn't just like 100 mile an hour winds hit. It was, they were sustained. Like it just blew and blew and blew and blew. I cannot imagine like all the trees that were down, all the buildings, roofs that were ripped off. Like how scary. Oh, I know, like the crop acres are gut wrenching to you and I because we're farmers. And, but I mean, homes, all of that is so devastating to anyone that was affected. Yeah. And the interesting part, um, I guess, to me was that we didn't hear about it really. It wasn't like, it wasn't on the news, maybe locally, like we saw it on our news channels because we are so close to Iowa. We actually, our news channels cover part of Iowa in South, Southeastern Iowa, but like Fox News, CNN, all of those bigger MSNBC, NBC, CBS, all of those did not really feature it. And I remember back when coronavirus started and that horrible tornado hit Nashville, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. Everywhere. Like, and that's what gets you, I know that sounds terrible in a way, but you almost need that coverage to get the relief help that you need. Yes. I was going to totally go there. You read my mind because when more people know about it, hear about it, see about it, they see the distress, the devastation that happened to you. People want to help people. Like, mm-hmm. I truly still believe that we are good people, especially out, you know, I'm 
most of us want to help others. I believe that wholeheartedly. There are bad people out there and bad people always overwhelm the good, but there's always people who want to help. So if it's on national news coverage, who says someone from Nevada wouldn't donate the money or time? Right, right. Anything, bottles of water. Um, Yeah, time. Yeah. So, so I, I saw Kylie post this a couple of weeks ago when this happened and she said, you know, like we have our accounts for our own reasons, but we have our accounts too, for this kind of stuff. Like we wanted to share about this, get the word out, try to get them help. And that was the same with my um, child trafficking campaign. Like we have our accounts to try and do good and try and get the word out about the good things happening in the world. And so there was so many, um, I don't know, I hate the word influencer. There were so many amazing Instagram accounts that offered to donate time and they're donating portions of their shops and all sorts of stuff and just information. I mean, the information people are spreading is so helpful. Yeah, I had multiple people comment on that photo that I posted that week. I had no idea and I'm from Michigan or I had no idea and I'm from North Carolina. I get it. We all have our own issues you know, California's got those raging wild wildfires right now. You guys are in a drought. You had hail. I mean, everybody has their own problems, but this is so big. We're talking like Des Moines area all the way to Cedar Rapids, which is all across the state, basically, you know, West central to Eastern. And then it even pushed into Illinois. Like I feel like Illinois had some equivalent damage in areas and like, you just don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Like I read an article that said farmers uh, set to lose money after the derecho. Yeah, I would say really? farmers are, are going to lose a little bit of money. And even the, you know, you're talking about the wildfires, that really isn't on the news either. I know. I mean, not that I've seen. I've seen it on social media. Now I have not seen it on national news yet. Which I have guess- you seen the video of that? Like the fire specs on the map to show like where they're all at. It's insane. No. It's like the whole state. Ugh. It's, it's insane. Season, right? It's dry. It's hot. It's that. Oh, it's so scary. It's crazy how, um, I said something the other day and I was like, uh, farming, farming is a gamble and mother nature is a dealer. And that's so true. I mean, not even in farming, but like everyday life, just those wildfires and everything. Yeah. I saw, I've seen animals that are burned. It's just, it's awful. It the weather's been rough. You can't really control it. Yeah, you can't control it. Mm-mm. I do feel bad for those people to, um, I mean, I feel bad for the Californians for sure. Don't get me wrong. I'm not negating that. But like all those people in Iowa that lost their power, mm-hmm. it wasn't like we lost power in the fall when it's like a nice 70 outside, 50s at night. It was stinking hot. It is stinking hot today. They really? St- I- are, are you certain they have power yet? I thought I saw some it was a weekend, some didn't. Do not. Some probably still don't, no. And even then, you think about that. Okay, you, you don't have power. There goes all of your meat in your freezers if you have nowhere to oh get with it. I mean, just every little thing like that is, that's so awful. Yeah. So I think maybe to, instead of us just being like, this is horrible, this is horrible. You know, we're bringing awareness. Like you said, our accounts are able to influence others to give or to understand, share, tell other people about it so that we can reach more people about that exact, for that exact reason. But I think too, let's just briefly talk about 
if you lost your entire crop, which you guys are facing a serious crop loss because of hail and because of the drought. So this is how farming works. Most of you know this. This is how like traditional, like mainstream crop farming works. You, let's just say you don't have, you're starting from zero. Let's say you're just starting. You take out a loan and you put all your inputs on your field. So you pay for seed, you pay for chemical, you pay for application, you pay for your equipment payments, you pay for what else? Insurance. Water here. Water in your neck of the woods. Our water is cheap, but we don't pivot anything. Um, okay, so we're not, and we're not talking about a few dollars. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars put yep. into this crop. And then you put it out in the field and you do the best that you can to manage it, whether that be watering or adding um, you know, insecticide or fungicide or whatever that looks like for you, for your farm. And you pray to the good Lord that it blesses you, that he blesses you with good weather. And when hail happens or drought happens or flooding in the spring and all of last year, or a derecho comes through and flattens your crop, it's gone. It's gone. And sure you have insurance, but it does not cover a hundred percent of that. I did get that question often from my family. They're like, Hey, you're the farmer in our family. Like what, how are people going to survive this as a farmer? And I said, they hope that they took the most amount of crop insurance that they could have possibly have. And that will get them by till next year. Hopefully. Yeah, I, mean, with I mean, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people probably won't be able to pay off their whole R lock. I mean, they'll have to roll it into next year and then you do the same thing. You, you plan and you pray and you hope and you just, you're living on faith. It, you really are. And, Some and may not call us crazy. <laughs> We are crazy, actually. I'm not, I'm not explaining it to say like, oh, you know, look at all this money. And really I'm saying it's look how much we're in debt <laughs> until we yeah. harvest, but it really is a game of faith. And it is a game of, of, you know, betting your best hand without seeing all your cards, basically. Like you're betting a lot. You're, you're going all in and you don't really know what those, that like flip card's going to be. <laughs> right. Not to mention commodity prices change throughout the yeah. year. And I mean, so many factors. We could get into like legacy and why we do it and blah, 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 blah. But we're, that's not this episode. So I think just to talk about the farming part of it, you know, we, we pray that all of those farmers have the crop insurance that they need, that they need to get by. And also like home building insurance, I think that got me too. Jordan and I were visiting all of those elevators that lost their bins. Like what are the farmers that have standing crop going to do now? They're not going to be able to take their grain. I don't know. It's awful. It sucks. Oh, the whole thing is horrible. But we do have an interview with a central Iowa, Iowa nurse. Iowan. Iowan. (laughs) (laughs) Iowan nurse. So my my cousin, side note, moved to Iowa. We were, she was in like elementary school and, um, Missourian, I think is how you would say Missourian, but, um, she, they was called people from Missouri, Missouri Hicks, kind of like Missouri people hate on Arkansas people. Like you hate on the people South of you. Um, and so they always made fun of me when I would go up and visit that I was a Missouri hick. And they're like, you have an accent. I'm like, no, I don't. Or I'm from it. (laughs) I'm literally like two hours south of you. <laughs> right. Right. So we have a central Iowan 
Melissa Eichelman, and I'm sorry if we butcher that, but yes, so I will we, clarify that. When, when we started silage harvest, she sent me a video of them trying to. So she was one with a field completely flattened. They were trying to pick it up with the the silage header and just have a truck follow right behind trying to shoot it in there. She's like, that's the only thing we could think to do. Like and it, and I mean, it just looked, it. it looked devastating and hard and, but they were figuring out a way to try and get their crop off the ground. So kudos to them. Yeah, man, farmers are resilient. And I think there'll be a lot that will come back from this bigger, better, stronger than they ever were before. And I'm really looking forward to interviewing her because um, I want to, I want to talk to somebody that's been in the heart of it, that lived it, that is literally living it right now. Right. So we're going to send Kylie over to Melissa. Okay. So I'm here with Melissa Eshelman. Melissa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I am better looking at my standing crops than I think you are right now. Yeah. It's a little depressing over this direction. So yeah. Well, tell me where you're from and tell me a little bit about your farm. Okay, so I'm from Altoona is like our home, like where my main farm is, but I farm in five different counties um, in Iowa, which is Altoona is east of Des Moines. Um, and I'm like along Interstate 80 for people that know that kind of stuff. Um, and so um, the main part of the, like our crops that got affected was more north. Well, like Altoona, we got affected, but not as bad as like my northern farms and uh -huh. uh, kind of to the east. So um, that's where, that's where we're located. And then I do farm in like Southern Iowa, which did not get affected at all, which was nice. A blessing. And yes, a huge blessing. Yeah. yeah. So I have family in the Cedar Rapids, Amana area, and then also state center area. And so I definitely uh, know where Altoona is and um, it's just, the whole thing is just bizarre and crazy. Well, and those that you're like where your family and friends are, they got hit way worse than we did. Right. Like Marshalltown, they just had that tornado go through last yep. year, I believe. And then they got hit again. It is just devastating. So yeah. tell me about, we're going to butcher this word again, the Drecho. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> Dra Draco, Drecho. I've heard it several, uh, pronounced several different ways. It's a new term. So I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on how it's, how it's pronounced. Well, let's start with like when it came, when it hit on that Monday, just tell me what you were experiencing, um, like just physically, mentally, what you were seeing, just give us kind of a down run of that day. Okay. So Monday, um, I'll, I'll never, I'll be, I will never forget this day. So my brother was going to go mow like fence rows and waterways and driveways and get them ready for fall. And he's like, Hey, it's going to supposed to rain around noon. So you're probably just going to come pick me up and I'll just leave the tractor there. And I'm like, all right, no big deal. So I had some chores and stuff to do around the farm here. And I, it, I'm like, yep, storm's going to come. Not a big deal. You know, storms come all the time. You sure. don't really worry about it. And on the news, all they said was like a tornado or a thunderstorm warning, um, thunderstorm watch, you know, just be, be aware, like nothing, nothing major, like no, not even talking about tornadoes or nothing. So everyone was just going on about their daily lives. Like normal. We were out driving around. People were, I mean, just, out and about because it's a storm in Iowa and you you just when you're in Iowa you go out and you watch the storms you see what happens when right. the wind you know so we're not scared and so everyone is out and about well I was actually in a my pickup and I was like on the interstate and I saw I kept checking the radar and I'm like oh I got plenty of time to get back like no worries at all 
and I remember checking the radar and I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is coming fast. Like here it comes. It's like moving across counties like I've never seen before. So I'm like, all right. And I had my three little cousins with me and I'm like, all right guys, like we got to head home. Like it's not looking good. And I mean, when you looked off to the West, it was dark and, and the clouds were rolling like you've never seen. And they were different colors and black and blue and green. And I mean, just, it was, in, it was insane. And so we started heading straight east on Interstate 80. And it got to the point where if I wasn't in a one ton brand new pickup, like with new tires, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have made it home safe. Like, honestly, because semis were flopping over. They were just falling over like don, uh, dominoes. Um, you couldn't see. I've driven a lot of snowstorms. And this one, I could not see. You couldn't see 10 feet in front of you. And, and there's the rain, right? It was rain. It was rain, yeah. But it was coming, and the wind was blowing so hard that you could not see. I mean, it was like a whiteout. Like, all you could see yeah. was white. It was insane. And so it was rain coming, basically straight line winds coming through. And we did get home. By the time I got home, all the power was out. The kids were crying in the back seat because they thought oh. they, we were going we to die. <laughs> and um, uh, my brother called me. He's like, hey, come pick me up. And I was like, no, like, I'm waiting for this to pass because it hadn't hit him yet. He was farther east. And I said, nope, we're going to wait till this passes. It's not good. And um, he rode it out in the tractor, which there was a landlord. He was on landlord property. And I said, hey, just go in their house, go in their place, you know, like hide it out because it's, it's, don't be out in this. Nope, he rode it out in the tractor. And he said several times the tractor was just swaying back and forth like he thought it was going to go over. And he was literally by like a grain setup that we rent and some like uh, trees. And he was literally watching the flagpole get snapped, watching trees get blown across the roads. Um, the grain bins up there did get destroyed. Three out of the five are probably not usable. I know the one is not because it picked it completely up off the concrete and pushed it into our bean field. So, I mean, it was it was absolutely crazy. And then by the time I did go up and get Jed, we I was like, hey, we got to go check our cows because the cows are going to be out with all the trees down everywhere. I was like, cows are going to be out. So to drive five miles on back roads, gravel, not a big deal. Um, it we could not go any road I went on every road had either trees or houses or buildings across the roads so we were driving in ditches trying to get around them and then we got to one point like you couldn't go anywhere like there's literally no way to get through anywhere so I had to go back and then get on 65 and go around and yeah Yeah. it was it was crazy I think the I'm going to touch on a couple things you said we live in the Midwest. You are absolutely right. If there's a thunderstorm warning, you literally say, okay. And you go about your day and you say, I hope it's yep. not too bad. And like, it's not yep. even a second thought. Now, when a tornado warning comes, you're like, okay, the probability of it hitting me is so low, but I'll listen yep. to the news now and I'll pay attention. But this was like a incredibly wide tornado. I mean, it was a hurricane, but I'm trying to put it in relation of like my summer storm. It would be yep. like a, torna- a tornado that you can't get away from. It's super long, super wide. Yeah. I mean, so like a tornado would have done like, a, I mean, a minute amount of damage compared to what this thing did. One percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like a tornado does one path and yes, it might destroy a town with some houses and some trees and that. And, but this, I mean, this laid down millions of acres, destroyed homes. I mean, people without power from anywhere from one day to over a week. I mean, it was just insane. The amount, I mean, I, I mean, I've seen buildings just get, brand new buildings just get shredded. I saw, a tr- I mean, I lost a whole row of trees that were 70 some years old that have lived through all kinds of stuff and they all just went down, which is the least of my worries. Sure, um, but it just but, speaks to the like severity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, you're right. 
Go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, so I guess now that it's happened, now that we have, we know there's so much acreage lost around you, what are you or what is your surrounding area north of you? What has been going on to um, help the recovery efforts either of your crop or just helping each other out, like getting water and food and stuff like that? Yeah, um, like on the crop side. So um, I have about 500 acres that are very like, eh, not even sure if we're going to be able to pick them. I mean, um, there, there is one field. A friend of ours, he has a lot of cattle. I mean, we have some cows, but not enough to feed all this too. And so um, we have a friend of ours, he came and chopped like, there's a 150 acre field that we have that mm, probably over half of it is just, I mean, snapped off, laid down. It's already drying out. Um, so he came and chopped a bunch of that for silage. And then the other stuff, we're just gonna try to pick what we can. And then there's other people just, you know, hey, um, well, I mean, I've had friends, from like family friends and farmers all over like what can we come do for you guys and I'm like well there's nothing really we can do right now as far as crop wise but like um when like people without power people were bringing up generators from all over trying to help people out bring food I had neighbors bringing food over to us I mean in the midwest that's what's awesome about the midwest is people help each other like before they even help themselves like yeah. hey you are you are in need and you need this like I'll come and help you um it was just amazing to see all the people come together and help each other out and be there for each other. No matter, it was like, Hey, I can, I don't know how to like do anything with your crops, but can I come pick up sticks or can I, you know, come do like, what, whatever you want me to do, you know? And so that's what I love about the Midwest and Midwest people are so strong and so willing and so loving. And it, it helps people like, you know, cause like you just look out there and you see all your crops, which is your one year's income gone. <laughs> yes. And so you're like, all right, you know, like the wind is just sucked completely out of your sail and people are just coming out of the woodwork trying to help in any way, shape and form, which is amazing because I mean, what else are you going to do, you know? So, right. I think that's incredible. And I, I love that you touched on the Midwestern people and I'm sure that people on the coastal states help each other out too, but this particular incident did not get a lot of media coverage. Um, we do get Iowa news where we're at in Missouri, um, yeah. our news station covers Illinois, Missouri, and Southern Iowa. And so we obviously knew about it from social media and, and then our news stations, but it didn't get a lot of major news media, which I find very, very interesting considering the amount of people, not just farmers, that were affected. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, there was people when I was posting pictures on my Snapchat and on my, on my social media that, you know, out of the state, they were like, Oh my gosh, we didn't even know what happened. Like what, right. what's going on guys. We, so, uh, we got the tail end of it down here. And again, kind of like you said, we're, we're fine. Like we had no problems, but we got the afternoon evening storm and I didn't even know it was supposed to rain. And I looked out the window and was like, Oh, okay. It's going to storm. And I looked at it and sure enough, we had decent winds enough that I was concerned. But at that point I had no idea what happened in Iowa. I mean, yeah. I was like, Oh gosh, like I hope this doesn't knock any of our corn down. And then after the fact, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like my problems are so minute right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's like one, you know, like when you're hitting, when a storm, when a wind, anything, wind comes along, I mean, every farmer just looks out and is like, please don't lay my corn down. Please don't yeah. lay my corn down. Like, we're so close to harvest. And this was probably one of the best crops that we have raised in 20 plus years. And so we were like so excited and, and we're like, you know, the prices aren't good. So, you know, we're going to have, have to have a lot of it to make some money. And we were so excited. And, you know, within 30 minutes, 
it was gone and just like an old timer told me don't count your bushels until they're in the bin and i'm That's like exactly right i get it i get it now that is exactly right. I hope that this is something that we never have to talk about ever again uh, as far as another incident. I hope we only talk about the 2020 derecho or however you say it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I genuinely appreciate you coming on and talking to us about, you know, how you see what happened. Whitney and I were able to like, you know, 50,000 foot view talk about farming and why that's bad and how much money you put into your crop and then now it's gone. Um, yeah. But it is very important to get the point of view of someone from Iowa who lived it, who literally lived through it, because people did die in the storm. Yeah. Um, I just really appreciate you coming on today. Well, thank you. I appreciate you, uh, Colin, and, uh, and sharing the story and, you know, yeah, everything you guys do. So thank you so much. Yeah. One thing before you go, if people yeah. want to find you on social media, what would be your handle? Um, I'm at, or on Instagram and Facebook on uh, Eshelman Farms. Okay, perfect. We will add yeah. that in the show notes too. Thanks again. Thank you. Have a good day. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that interview was really, really great. We're super thankful that she got on and talked with us. And we are praying for your family, your farm, your homes, all of you in Iowa. We're praying for uh, you. Yeah, such a interesting and devastating story all in the same. So we should end it like we always do with a quote. Everyone wants happiness. Nobody wants pain, but you can't have a rainbow without a little rain. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farm wife guru and at the grateful farm wife be sure to follow or subscribe to the midwest farm wives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app we'll see you next time and remember every day may not be good but there's some good in every day stay grateful friends